Welcome back to the On the Table Gaming Podcast. And this week we're going to be looking at Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. And we are joined by the Song of Ice and Fire game designer, Michael Chanel, and Fabio Curry, the lead game developer. Thanks for coming back on the show, guys. Whenever you command. <laughs> well, in that case, uh, now that I get like these unlimited wishes, is that how it works? Or uh, Oh, yeah, we... sure. I mean, yeah, we can monkey paw you up however many wishes <laughs> you want, Chase. I've got no problem doing that. If I recall correctly, last uh, last time we spoke, there was a, a reference that we might get to see some, uh, some torment here. Uh, and I can tell you that... Uh, uh, the fans or a fan was uh, excited to hear that that was the case. And so, you know, let's not let's not cut any corners here. Let's get right to the heart of it. Tormund Giants Bane in 2021. Oh, yeah. In the 2021 edition, Tormund Giants Bane Thunderfished, uh, Thunderfish, <laughs> sorry, Tormund Giants Bane Thunderfist, aka the warrior that was wished for, Tormund still seems to be all about the charge. So that kind of commander identity is still really carrying through here. And I think maybe does Tormund kind of exemplify a, a character that maybe hasn't had major changes, but kind of keeps that really core identity alive and it kind of still reinforces that? Uh, yeah, um, Tormund didn't really demand that many changes. Um, in because general, you're saying he was practically perfect in every way from the start. Exactly, that beard man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Tormund now here, he's changed in that he has the order overrun. He also has his furious charge, and that goes from giving him sundering on the charge to now when he charges them, the enemy becomes vulnerable. How is this kind of illustrating the, the overall changes that we're, we're seeing in the faction? And, and in a lot of ways, he seems like he's staying the same. Uh, yeah, I think that Tormund is a great example of how we, can, how we kept things the same. Um, basically, beforehand, he already fulfilled his role in the army. He was already fun and um, relatively balanced. Um, this is actually more of a quality of life change where we fix a lot of his wording and the abilities that did change, like his um, previous uh, Shattering Assault, which became Furious Charge. Um, that's just because since the entire faction was uh, updated and modified, in the end, he needed this ability more <laughs> let's say it, it made more mm -hmm. sense inside the faction but it's still the same theme and um it's it kind of does the same math wise as well the only thing is that the token you can actually bank on it right um for a future mm -hmm. charge or something like that yeah that's amazing i mean he's always been about you know the charge and getting in there and it's great to see that his tactics cards while some of them have changed you know overall they're still really keeping that theme pretty closely here. It, I did note that we did drop, you know, uh, one of his cards is, has been completely reworked. So now we have a uh, rush of aggression. So that's changing now so that it, it actually helps you close the distance and then that you automatically counter rolling a six and you gain critical blow. That's huge. But after the attack's complete, the unit becomes vulnerable unless it's Tormund's unit because, you know, Tormund don't care. Now it looks like you're building in kind of a natural skill element where players can really kind of differentiate themselves as they become more experienced when they know how to play this card and then get more out of it or less out of it, depending on how they use it. That's really cool. Well, with Tormund here, I think what uh, it's actually a good one to show because it shows an example of kind of refinement more than anything else. Tormund's identity, you know, he had a strong identity. Uh, he knew what he wanted to do. He's all about the charges. So here it was a matter of taking uh, what he did 
keeping it and just refining it for you know the streamlining process that we did. And you'll see that a couple of things here evident with Tormund's cards. One was, uh, as you saw, Shattering Assault was replaced by Furious Charge. That was Shattering Assault was, while it was a neat little ability, um, it really wasn't as useful as we want it to be. So that's one of the ones that kind of got phased out a little bit. Or I don't want to say completely removed. It got removed. It got moved to other places. But basically, when we were doing like ability evaluations, if an ability appeared only like once or twice in the game, then we did you know that check to see is this something that we really need to keep in there. If it's a character ability or something flavorful to them, that would be an exception. But if it was like kind of a generic ability and it just wasn't seeing much use, then we either expanded it or we removed it or you know moved it into another effect here. So Furious Charge didn't effectively do the same thing, but it's close enough to where you know Shattering Assault and then we're just kind of playing back and forth. So we remove Shattering Assault in favor of Furious Charge. With Torment's cards here, you'll see a bit of a focus on one of the general changes we did to tactics cards, where you're not going to get so much just free stuff as you are going to be able to just give yourself a little bit more certainty and reinforcing the tactics you already do. So his previous Rust of Regression card was just free bonus dice. That's all it gave you. Here, it's going to help you charge uh, by giving you that six and give you a bonus on top of that with Critical Blow. But because of those two powerful effects, you do have a negative coming on here. Uh, and then you'll see that we replace rallying strikes here with devastating impact to again focus more here on what Torn wants to do, which is getting charge charges. So that synergizes good uh, with his overrun ability, with the natural you know things that you're wanting to be doing with charging in there. And so there's a lot more inter commander synergy with him. And I like how, you know, I've sort of noticing, we'll get to this in a little bit, that some of the more like selfish commanders where the cards get like kickers or benefit them. So on his devastating impact, uh, you know, it's giving out that vulnerable token, which he can do, but now it's like gives you more incentive to play on other units. So it's not like always being played on him, although it's still really good to play on him in itself. And so sort of like speaking of these like selfish commanders, then let's talk about uh, Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. So how did his main card change from his previous edition? So Jamie uh, actually received kind of an entire overhaul because Jamie was one of the very first commanders that we ever designed. And he didn't really have too much of a focus on what he did. He kind of did a lot of things, but he didn't even do any of those very well. And he didn't really fall into that jack of all trades category because that at least gives you some level of flexibility. Jamie just kind of did stuff, but... Uh, it wasn't even that that great. So what we did with him is he got a rework to basically become the rock star of the battlefield. You know, the uh, the boisterous Kingslayer himself, you know, nefarious, infamous, the golden lion. You know, he is the star of the battlefield. So he's an example of a commander that he buffs his own unit. He gives him agile, uh, gives him counterattack. So if you come after him, he is going to punish you for it. And then all of his cards are focused around me, me, me. Look how great I am. Now, that has a bit of a side effect where if his unit does die and go down, that can be a really crippling blow to your army. But that's actually you'll see that built into his tactics cards where uh, one of the things we didn't want to have is have a bunch of just dead cards that like, you know, you don't want to play because there's nothing worse than having a feeling of, you know, oh, it's first turn and I drew some cards that I can't use or it's late game and these are not going to be useful for me. We want cards to kind of be useful in a bunch of situations. So Jamie's here because they are all directly tied to him. They have a secondary effect where should he get slain, you can just kind of pitch them and draw cards. So you're never going to have a situation where your all-star dies and then you're going to draw three cards up and not be able to play any of them because that's a little too punishing. Yeah, it's good to note as well that um, you don't he doesn't need to be dead or destroyed uh, for you to play these cards with their 
um, draw a card effect with their cycling effect. And this can still fit thematically because he is Jamie Lannister. He's just just decided he wanted to put the Lannister agenda ahead of his own, which is feasible. So um, it's, it's just a reminder so people don't think that he has to be dead for you to recycle the card. So he's just got enough like battlefield experience and knowledge and know-how that he can like adapt on the fly if necessary. Exactly. But uh, at the same time, his cards are super good, right? Because you can only pitch them on them or on him or his bubble there. So uh, I don't see why players would do that. But if if they do see like that the card won't be effective for them, it's still an option. That's awesome. So you're not like, getting like locked out of the cards anymore if that happens and especially with the card hand size protections now being capped at five that means when you always have you always have an option in your hand right you're not like getting completely locked out if you somehow got a handful just of of kingslayer cards and he's not in an optimal position or he can't do what you want you got other things you can do so that that's pretty cool yeah most definitely i feel like we need to he needs like a, an updated like theme song or something now he's going to get a lot more table play and uh just being the rock star i mean in these situations i'll always recommend just you know live to win so, you know. <laughs> and then I suppose we can talk about these Night's Watch here with Gior Mormont to the 997th Lord Commander. And uh, we see him gaining Dauntless and Embolden. So kind of inspiring the Night's Watch, who already have pretty decent morale stats, like even further. And uh, that's kind of an interesting choice because it seems as though uh, Vow mechanics are tied off of the morale test now. Is that accurate? Not really. There are some that trigger off of that, but Jor here is an example of a morale-based commander. Now, Jor is kind of an in-between thing because he, what he previously did, he did very well, but we revamped the way that the Val mechanics work, so therefore he had to change. So while previously he had a cool identity of like, you know, okay, I'm going to really push on these vows and I'm going to make my unit this this big juggernaut. Uh, because we did those changes to the Val mechanics and removed them from being zone dependent, as we've talked about previously, then his mechanics just didn't work with the transition. So we kept his identity. We just had to change his mechanics around. Um, yeah. And a little bit more on that. Um, I'd say that now, uh, like you said, um, the Night's Watch already have a pretty decent morale. And you might think, well, why would I choose? Um, he actually works as a failsafe. Right, he he's a very good feel safe commander, especially if you're against a matchup where your opponent is trying to um, have that um, morale damage through you. Right, so if you're playing Lannister against Lannisters or Boltons, Gior is a very interesting choice. Uh, at the same time, also um, the fact that he does benefit morale in in general also helps his tactics cards, which are conditioned on morale tests, to activate. Yeah, he, he works really well now. And like Michael said, he wasn't uh, revamped because he wasn't working before. It's just because he wouldn't work now. Well, it's so cool because uh, with Embolden, I mean, you're going to have some really good morale, then it's going to really help you get your tactics cards out there. And yet, once again, there's room for that skillful play or to be skillfully outplayed. And if he's getting like off on his own, um, you could still use like a panic-based list now to kind of deny certain cards being played. Because you may be really gonna really kind of double down and get rid of that unit's morale because maybe that extra boost from Jor you know isn't around because he's too far away. Um so it seems like there's like a lot of other cool like moving pieces to think about now with this with this commander. And it's just fun to see how the game's like opening up in new ways, and maybe not always new ways, but uh familiar ways, but with like kind of different interplay. I'm like kind of just looking forward to like kind of getting in and like 
relearning how to play commanders and like kind of experiencing the game with like fresh eyes. Well, so one of the big uh, focuses of this was, as you know, we've said before, the, you know, change wasn't done for the sake of change. You know, we do things to balance purposes, but we also want it to be, you know, a fun experience. And one of the, the primary things that I always wanted to see for song was your commander choice matters. And I've said this since day one rule book points out every panel I've done everything since then, you know, your commander matters. And that should define not just because I'm playing this character because I love them, but because of a play style, you know, you don't want to have, you know, you could have an entire faction of Lannister commanders and if they all play the same, then it's just kind of discouraging. You know, if my Tyrion didn't play different than Tywin didn't play different than Gregor in that situation, that'd be something really wrong. But (laughs) each, each commander should be bringing something to your army that you can't find anywhere else in your faction. Or, you know, there has to be a reason why you're bringing and being able to just switch out your commander. You know, this is one of the goals that we had was you know, you'd be playing the exact same army setup, same units, same NCUs, and just switch out your commander. And all of a sudden, a world of different possibilities is opened up to you. That's always the vision goal. And, you know, we took this pass to really make a refinement on that to make sure that was the case. You know, so if you're playing Lannisters or, you know, playing Free Folk, I guess if you want to for some reason. But <laughs> actually, I will use Free Folk as an example here. There you go. Uh oh. It's going to be a bad example, I can tell. <laughs> I feel like if you want to kill an enemy, kill Free Folk. Well, Free Folk, you know, because they are set up, you know, as different basically tribes, you know, banded together, you know, under the influence of, you know, one king beyond the wall, they have a, you know, drastically different play styles. You know, I'm not going to say more than any other faction, but. They have a big diversity of what they do because they have like they have to be these big, you know, larger than life charismatic characters to be leading these bands. So Harma does not get along with Rattleshirt. They don't play the same. Mance is, you know, basically playing the the father that's coming in, making sure all the kids don't kill each other. You know, meanwhile, Tormund's over here just, you know, drunkenly charging into things. You know, it's like the world's biggest dysfunctional family reunion. But <laughs> but you have these different personalities there, these different archetypes. And no, that's the idea of the commanders is that I want to play this faction because I like them. And then I like this play style. Is there a commander in here that allows me to do that? Or in some situations, you know, I didn't even know I wanted to play like this. Like, let's go to Greyjoy's. You know, you can play them as just a straight up raiders and everything and take Vicarion. But all of a sudden you put Euron as the charge of your army. And now all of a sudden you're playing mind games with your opponent. And that was drastically different than when I was playing as Victarion. I was just charging things and making them dead. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Greyjoy talk. Yes. I mean, and that's I mean, that's really one of the fun things about this game, though, right? Is that it the commanders do matter. And I know you harp on that, but like that's part of the fun layers of it and i think that's what keeps people coming back is because you can have a fan favorite character but there's also plenty of other ones to explore and every time you play you buy a hero's box and suddenly you've got you know hours of additional ways to configure your army um kind of the joy of the game well this is amazing so here's the question that's so you know what what might we have in store then for future visions here we've seen commanders we've talked about attachments ncus um what do we have down the line okay so We've already addressed, I think, all the elements in the game, um, explained their thought process, and given some examples, right? But we haven't really deep-dived into any specific factions or anything like that. So for the future, you guys can probably expect um, now some faction deep-dives, I'd say. Awesome. Oh, man, that'll be exciting. 
and start to get a kind of a better picture of, you know, what things are going to look like and shake up for for these uh, these different factions. And uh, so later today, then you're going to be doing a uh, for those of you listening on the same day this releases later today, you guys are gonna be doing a live stream Q&A on Facebook on the official A Song of Ice and Fire and Cool Mini Facebook page. And so, you know, you're going to be fielding questions from the community and. Uh, is that something we might see kind of going forward more regularly as well? I know you did one, you know, maybe it was last month, not too long ago. It's pretty cool to get the chance to, to have everyone interact with you in that sort of capacity. Yeah, we want to do more and more of these, not just to be transparent, but also to be engaged, right? We, we loved the last one. We like the questions that people are asking and it was really fun. So why not do more of these, right? We saw you guys play a battle report at one point. You know, I feel like Fabio, maybe you're the undisputed champion here. Are you getting a crown or a belt? And are there going to be future battle reports? Are you going to challenge other people at CMON? You know, uh, I guess they're throwing down. How, how does this work? I guess are, are you growing out a braided tail, like a hair tail? And you're going to like be like Cal Drogo? Oh, I actually cut my hair on quarantine, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but uh, listen, yeah, I, I'd say like, if, if you win one for public record, then you better not play anymore <laughs> and just keep your victory. <laughs> oh, I see that how it is. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I will state that like that is one of the mantras is, you know, you win one game, then you retire undefeated and unchallenged. But I have to say that Fabio here was apparently so worried about a potential rematch that not only did he lock me out of his country, but he locked me out of my own country for the last, you know, 13 months at this See, point. That's unlimited power. <laughs> You're calling up the foreign governments about and being like, hey, listen, I need a favor. Do you know who do you know who I yeah, am? I just called old Walter Frey See? and, and told him to cut Michael <laughs> off. That's hilarious. Oh. Well, thank you guys so much for coming by. I know this is a quick one. The commanders look great. Uh, we're really excited to see these faction deep dives. Um, you know, I think actually at one point we kind of got off track a few a few episodes ago. We never really got to talk about a lot of the Greyjoy stuff that came out. So in the future, maybe we can even dig through some of that. I know people are really excited and that's going to be great when those get out and, and uh, people are, are raiding the shores of Westeros. So we're looking forward. We're eagerly hey, awaiting. Chase? Yeah. Oh, don't don't do it. <laughs> Oh, wow. Did you sense a storm coming? Okay. <laughs> I did sense a storm coming. <laughs> so, you know how, you know, at the very start of this, I made a bit of a monkey pot comparison, right? Uh-oh. Let's go ahead and I renounce throw something my wish. out. This you, is know. Too- <laughs> you can't renounce a wish once it's been fulfilled. Come oh, on. gosh. Oh, gosh. All right. So let's let's speak to, you know, your listeners out there, since I do like the idea of doing some faction deep dives. So I suppose we'll ask the listeners out there what faction they would like to see covered first. Now, of course, Chase, we don't want to play favorites here. So since we, you know, let you choose the last <laughs> one of Tormund, I suppose free folk are off the table for that one for a while. I feel like that might be fair. Sorry, I'm sorry, I have to cut in. Free folk are off the table. Uh, that's very off brand. That's like my, that'd be my, like my evil alter, like my alter ego that has like, and sort of beard has like a thin mustache or something. <laughs> so uh, I think that's fair. I did get some messages. Uh, I love you guys. And uh, thank you for your messages about my choice of last <laughs> last episode picking uh, Tormund. Um, people had lots to say. I always appreciate feedback. And uh, yeah, I think that's probably right. We'll put, th- put this out in the community's hands this time. <laughs> So how about this? When I post this episode uh, in the Facebook group, go into the comments, drop some messages there. Let us know which faction do you think 
should be the one that gets deep dive next. We'll be lurking. <laughs> They're always watching. Thank you so much for coming on. And for everyone listening, in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. Yes, off the table. (laughs) (laughs) That is my alter ego. It's a my alter ego is actually a skeleton named Bones. So.